0: Hi, this is Pastor Jonathan welcoming you once again to worship from my front door, which for many of us has become our place of worship. It's a beautiful gift that we as the church are a people and not just a building. And so as many are saying, churches are closed, churches are closed, they are not. They never have been, ours included. Whenever we are gathered together as God's people, whether it's through the internet or whether it's in Park and Praise, whatever it might be, we are gathered as the church. and you being here and being part of this just extends the beauty and the diversity and the gift of the church gathered together. So welcome today to this worship time. I wanted to show you though that I'm also surrounded by over here in this house by my sisters, by my sister and brother and my niece and two nephews. And over here across the street, where that loud saw is coming from, I have a sister and a brother as well. Now, my relatives don't live this close to me, but they are sisters and brothers in Christ. God makes an incredible definition of family in our text from Isaiah, and also the text that is maybe a little bit initially alarming uh, Jesus' encounter with a Canaanite woman today. But we're going to see how. God extends our understanding of who we are as church, who we are as family, and what that might mean for us. So welcome to worship this day.
1: We begin by the font where we were named and claimed by God as we worship in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sin. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sin. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. be with you. Let us pray. Lord God, your vision of family steps outside the ones we construct as we fear and mistrust your creative gift of diversity. What you call good and see as beautiful and unified, we separate. Let your spirit move us to step into the gift of family as you see it, Extending your grace as we connect widely and deeply in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
0: Hey, it's time for our children's sermon. So if the kids are around, uh, bring them on into the room. Love having this time with some of my favorite people in our congregation. And I'm here in one of my favorite places. Once again, I've done a lot of children's sermons over here by this chicken coop. Well, it's built, and the chickens are getting kind of big, almost ready to lay eggs. We had a surprise with these chickens. One of them is a rooster, so we're going to have to... We found a family for him, and he's going to have a wonderful life somewhere else, but he won't be a noisy neighbor for some of our friends here in our neighborhood. Um, But because of that, we got a couple of new chickens, little chicks, baby chicks, and we've been trying to introduce them to this flock of chickens. But you know what? Chickens are kind of territorial They're kind of they like their own crowd and they don't like newcomers coming in very much. And so they've been pecking away at those chicks and we're going to have to try really hard to get them to eventually welcome those chicks, those new chicks, into this flock. Well, people can be that way too sometimes, can't they? We can get kind of like protective and we can be kind of suspicious of people uh, coming in. I don't know if that's true for you. I, I find that kids are actually really good at welcoming new people. Well, God offers a welcome today in our text from Isaiah, an amazing welcome to people who were kept, if you can believe this, people who were kept, they couldn't change who they were, but they were kept out of the church, out of God's people, out of the temple. And also we're going to hear in the gospel for today, we're going to hear a story about Jesus talking to a woman and it sounds like he's being kind of mean, which is sort of weird for Jesus. But at the end of the story, there's there's a surprise about how, uh, this woman sees God's family and how she kind of challenges Jesus and his disciples and how people thought in that day about about outsiders coming in and it teaches us a lesson and, and probably you as kids teach us adults a lesson as well about how we share God's good news, how we connect people to the wonderful promises God has given us in Jesus Christ so I hope you'll I hope you'll be a part of that today. thanks for coming by.
2: First reading is from Isaiah chapter 56. Thus says the Lord, maintain justice and do what is right, for soon my salvation will come and my deliverance be revealed. Happy is the mortal who does this, the one who holds it fast, the one who keeps the Sabbath, not profaning it, and refrains from doing any evil. Do not let the foreigner join to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. And do not let the eunuch say, I am just a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off and the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, to minister to Him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be His servants, all who keep the Sabbath and do not profane it, and hold fast my covenant. These I will bring to my holy mountain, and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer, for all peoples. Thus says the Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, I will gather others to them besides those already gathered. The word of the Lord.
3: Just roll down like a river. this is
2: 15. Jesus called the crowd to him and said to them, Listen and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if one blind person guides another, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain this parable to us. Then he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach, and goes out into the sewer. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this is what defiles. For out of the heart come evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, "'Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon.' But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, "'Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us.' He answered, And her daughter was healed instantly. The Gospel of the Lord.
0: Fifty years ago, in July of 1970, the same birth month and year for both Pastor Paula and for our recently former intern, Marietta, the previous Lutheran Church bodies to our that kind of came together with others to form the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, our denomination, came together and allowed for the ordination of women. In other words, they voted to uh, allow women to be pastors. I ran into a video that had all kinds of women talking about this, a really wonderful video on the ELCA website, but one of the women was actually there during the vote, and she talked about how that vote went and how it kind of stuck with her a little bit. She said that when they voted, they basically kind of treated it like, well... We don't see any lightning bolts coming down to strike us, so it's probably okay that we make this decision.
3: <laughs>
0: nice job on the confetti, there, guys! You know, woohoo! What a celebration! <laughs> well, that wet noodle response really stuck with her, and it made me think that when we are called by God to uh, really look outside of our own tunnel vision and, and extend the the promise of God's kingdom, uh, and and kind of. Um, uh, come into where what the righteous things that God is doing, that we do it is really important, but how we do it is important as well. I think we see kind of a contrast to the how of that decision in uh, our text from Isaiah 5, chapter 56 today. In that chapter, God specifically names a couple of groups of people. And this is an interesting specificity because they were also specifically named in other parts of Scripture as being on the outside of God's people, not being welcome to worship in the way that God's people were allowed to worship, not being part of God's people as the in-group was. And so God specifically names those people, eunuchs and foreigners, and says, man, I'm I'm blowing the doors off of this one. I am creating a promise and a celebration. I mean, God really does this, does the how of this, right. I will give, he says to the eunuchs, which f- for them, the, the deep need kind of generally was that they couldn't have offspring, they, they couldn't have a legacy, and that was so important. And, and so God says, but in, in my house of worship, for those who are seeking to worship me, I will give you a name and I will give you a legacy that is that is eternal. Wow, what a promise to them. Uh, and, and that invite, that invitation to those who are foreigners, don't don't let anybody, God says to the people of Israel, to the chosen people, don't let anybody think that they are a second-class kingdom if they are seeking my name, if they are seeking to worship me. Now, what's interesting also is that this promise comes in, well, kind of an incredibly bad time in some cases, or, or an incredibly unusual time. You see, the people are, are just now in this part of Isaiah, they're coming back from exile. They've been, they've been taken away by this powerful kingdom of Babylon generations ago and, and put into exile and, and um, all, all things, many things were destroyed, uh, their elite taken away, and other people taken away as well into this foreign land and they get all mixed up and jumbled up across across that part of the world. Now they 're coming back, and, and probably the biggest tragedy was the destruction complete destruction of the temple and the taking away of all the valuables as spoils of war by the Babylonians now they're coming back and they're under stress you know they've been gone and 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 they come back to land that their family has owned and there are other people on it so so who owns it they're they're having economic distresses and 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 they're they're trying to figure out how to prioritize things including rebuilding the physical temple and in the midst of all that Anxiety, and maybe we can identify with it a little bit, although I don't think 2020, for most of us, really compares in, in trouble to what they were going through. But but so often in, in those times, we want to just kind of hole up and kind of put up our walls to the outside and just kind of protect a little bit, all right? I don't have the mental space I keep hearing from people to, to extend out into something new. But that's the very time that God chooses to say to God's people, look... I get that you're building the temple with bricks and mortar, but I'm building a people, uh, a a worshiping people that's bigger than you can imagine. So as they reimagine and as they rebuild, God also is reimagining and rebuilding. You know, we often say the church is the people, it's not the building itself. It's great to have a building to worship in, and I hope we can get back in there. But, uh, But more importantly, it is the people. And God extends that vision of who's included immensely. Now, it's interesting, this really is about God's inclusion, for sure. But the theme of this of this text really centers around God's righteousness. That word righteous is used twice, just in the first verse. It's translated differently, but that's the word tzedek in Hebrew. And it's an incredibly important word in the Hebrew Scriptures. It's central to really the whole of the Hebrew Scriptures, and, and even really into the New Testament as well. But God says... I'm calling you to this righteous act, and it comes out of my righteousness. I like to think of it of God's righteousness as like this this deep river that flows from God. And and we're like like little children on a hot day with our with our floaties, you know, sort of gathered around and, and we have the opportunity to jump into that cool water. And that, st- that, that river is going to have some challenges definitely to it, but it's full of hope and, and promise and, and fulfilled promises by God. And so God invites God's people, challenges them to jump into this righteous stream to make this act that's going to be very uncomfortable for the self-righteous. And, and, and really just in fairness and honesty, it's uncomfortable for God's people who are very anxious and, and interested in rebuilding their in-group together. Uh, but that inclusion is also going to be for the, challenging for those who are invited in. Yes, they are invited in, celebrated and invited in uh, to, to the God's promises. But they will also, as part of God's people, as fully included in God's people, they will also be given the challenges that God gives of discipleship, the, the call that God gives to extend you know, our comfort and our, our, our vision of, of who is in or, or how God is working and moving in the world. You see God God's inclusion isn't some kind of dumbed down kiddie pool where it's like, you know, anything goes, just just believe what you want. It's we don't want to offend anybody ever kind of a thing. Yes, it is full of mercy and it's full of promise and it's full of 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 including people who they are and where they are. The eunuchs can't change themselves. The foreigners can't change that they're foreigners. God includes their diversity in the midst of this. But but God doesn't dumb down who God is. God doesn't Take away God's challenges. God doesn't doesn't manipulate God's promises. That would what would we be inviting people into? Who wants to be included in in a kiddie pool? No, they're invited into that deep that deep river of God's promises. I think this text, and I'd love to say a whole lot more about that, this text, but I think it I think it offers uh, uh, a lens to look at the what is kind of a difficult and challenging text in our gospel for today. And I'm not talking about the part where Jesus seems to tell us not to wash our hands. I think Jesus would indeed tell us to do that in a pandemic, but uh, and to cover the things that come out of the mouth with masks and all of that. But really the kind of the, the, the sort of, you know, car accident on the freeway moment in this text is Jesus' interaction with the Canaanite woman. Now, I, I've heard... Uh, and, and I want to link that a little bit with with the Isaiah text for today, because there are all kinds of ways to go with this, and and some people have have really tried to wrestle with this text in in particular ways, you know, or or, or kind of help us kind of ease the pain of seeing Jesus in this way. I mean, would you would you introduce somebody to Jesus and to, to Christianity by reading his interaction with this Canaanite woman? Probably not. One of the things that a lot of people note is that you know. When Jesus calls her a dog, he isn't really calling her a dog like most Jews would call canaanites dogs they they would call them they would use the word for dog and in, uh, in their language that means like a like a street mangy mutt full of fleas and an annoyance and maybe even mean and nasty No, Jesus when he calls this woman a dog, uses the word that means like a pup or a pet or a beloved member of of a uh, uh, furry member of of someone's household in the ancient world, so you know maybe that helps you a little bit I don't know. Um, other people will say, "Well, this is Jesus, you know his his humanity is kind of exposed here, and, and in his humanness, he does see the the promise of God like the like the disciples see it. It is just for god 's people, or it is at least first for god 's people, and so he is being honest in his humanity and and this woman with her courage and her persistence and really her faithfulness kind of speaks to his divinity." And and he recognizes that finally and heals her daughter and and celebrates her. Or others will just say, well, you know, Jesus is, is divine and and he knows everything, and so he knows what's going to happen. And so he draws this out of the woman so she can kind of evolve in her faith and her claim. Or or maybe he just does it to to teach the disciples to kind of give them that that shock teaching that they're going to remember by by speaking to their stereotypes of, of name calling and ignoring her. And then finally, kind of giving the surprise ending that she is a woman of great faith. Pastor Bill reminded me there are only two places uh, in the New Testament where people are called uh, people of great faith by Jesus. And they're both foreigners. And she's one of them. That may tell us something here in this story. Well, all of those things are are, are wonderful kind of insights and, and lenses for us to look at this text. And uh, But I think... In, in light of Isaiah 56, I want to kind of focus in on, on a couple of particular things that happen in this interaction. First of all, we can't ignore the claim that, that this woman makes when she speaks to Jesus. It probably kind of washes over us because we're used to hearing Jesus called Son of David or Messiah or Lord or Savior or Rabbi or all these kinds of different titles. But for a Canaanite woman to come to him, a Jewish man in her land, And he may be the outsider in this story. You know, it's hard to know. But anyway, as she comes to him, she says, Lord, Son of David. Those are odd titles for her to use. Faith-filled, but odd titles for her to use for Jesus, for this Jewish rabbi coming into her land. But she recognizes something, kind of like those foreigners and those eunuchs in the Isaiah story. They are coming, they are seeking to worship God. And God is welcoming them in. Well, that's not what Jesus seems to do here. He ignores the woman. He ignores what she says. And, and his disciples then come to him and say, you know, can we get rid of her? She's, she's, she really is like one of those street dogs with, full of fleas and barking at us all the time. Can you, can you just tell her to go away? Well, Jesus doesn't do that exactly. And he really doesn't get a chance because the woman comes to him and she kneels before him and she repeats what she said. Lord, have mercy on me. Well, I think it's very insightful on her part to, um, or very persistent on her part, to keep coming to Jesus, even though she's ignored him. And then he makes it even worse. Even if he is calling her a pet under the table, that's still kind of an insult. I don't want to be associated, I love my pets, but I don't want to be associated with their status, so to speak. Well, he does. He says, you know, it's not right to give the food from the table. Um, For the children of Israel, it's not right to give them and throw them to the dogs. But she recognizes something here. She recognizes that a crumb from God's table is enough to heal her daughter. And so she persists once again. Yes, Lord, yet even, even the crumbs from the table are given to the dogs. And then, wow, great is your faith, and Jesus heals her daughter. Well, Jesus is right. The promise does originate with the people of Israel. I think to dismiss that, or to think Jesus is just being mean here by saying that, is to um, to walk down a dangerous road. Because I think, well, I don't think, I know that sometimes Christians can, can kind of see that, well, you know, the people of Israel, their promise was, was this old thing, and it's, it's now washed away. Now the promise is for, for us, right? See, we start to build those walls around ourselves again, right? Who's in? Who's out? Uh, I had a professor who once said, whenever you draw a line around your in-group, Jesus will be standing on the outside of that line with whoever you're calling uh, the out-group. And I think that's profound for us to think about um but uh but she recognizes still that that promise that the crumb of that promise comes but 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 that promise does emanate from Israel that promise is first to God's people they are blessed that's the promise but also to be a blessing and she's kind of holding on to that to be a blessing part jesus doesn't dumb down the promise of god he doesn't take away that promise for israel for god's people But he also recognizes in her that, yes, she too is a part of that promise, that that extension of God's grace, that that river kind of overflows its banks and includes her in the promise as well. But there's something else in this story that really resonated for me this time, and I think it was because I read Isaiah first and then this story. And it speaks to our call in the midst of this promise from God. And sometimes these radical calls, that sort, of, <laughs> that sort of water slide element of challenge in this river of God's grace and promise. And that is that she says to Jesus, have mercy on me. Now, she's not seeking mercy for herself, really, right? She wants her daughter to be healed. Why doesn't she say, have mercy on my daughter? Heal my daughter. In fact, she never even asks for healing for her daughter. She just states the problem. Maybe, a, maybe that's a moment of trust for her with Jesus. But she had, says, have mercy on me. You see, she's so connected with her daughter that the healing of her daughter is really the same as healing for her. And that's not unusual, right? Right? How many times have we maybe heard someone say, oh, if I can only trade places with my child who's going through a difficulty, or maybe through through an illness, or or even in the kind of extreme case, you know, a child who's died and the parent longs to, to wish that they could trade places with them. It's just sort of out of order for something like that to happen, for a child to die or be suffering before a parent does. Have mercy on me, she says, even though she's seeking that healing for her daughter. They're so interconnected. Of course we see that with our own family, but what if, in the lens of Isaiah 56, with God's definition of, it, of family, with the overflowing of, God's, of the river of righteousness to include others who seek after God, what if that means that when we seek God's mercy, when others are crying out for mercy, when they're crying out for justice, when they're crying out for peace, that we see them as part of our family? So intertwined with us. That it would be like us pleading for our own daughter, or our own son, or our own spouse, or our own parent. What if that's what God is calling us to? What if the the woman kind of opens that up? I understand she's just speaking for her daughter, but in light of that Isaiah text, what if that's what we're called to do? You know, I've heard people sometimes say when When maybe, and and I've heard it around race, and I've heard it around economics, and I've heard it around generations, and I've heard it around gender, and probably other things as well. And people will say something like, what do they want now? You know, and maybe, maybe down the road there's some sort of wet noodle response like, well, I guess we can do this, right? when we are called by God to exercise the righteousness, when we are called by God to kind of splash that stream onto those around us, we are called by God to to seek out that righteousness as if we are seeking it for our own family, as if we are pleading with Jesus and persisting with Jesus on behalf of our own daughter or son or other family member. That's pretty radical inclusion, pretty radical call into a deep promise, and it's challenging, but in the mercy and grace of God, in the righteousness of God, it is what we are called to, and it is good. It is the way we get to participate and splash in the water of God's kingdom. It is an invitation. It is beautiful. And I am thankful both for the writer of Isaiah and to this persistent woman and Jesus' response to her, his celebratory response to this woman of great faith, that I get to be a part of this family.
3: Amen.
4: trust and hope. Let us confess our faith now as we respond to the word. I believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs.
1: Gracious God, we pray for our world and leaders that they strive for justice and peace. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our, Hear
3: our prayer. We pray for all those hurting after the explosion in Beirut and for all those affected by fire and storms. Strengthen those working to bring aid and help. Lord, in your mercy.
4: We hold our nation before you, God. We pray for your cooperation and respectful dialogue among our leaders and all of us as citizens. Give us your wisdom as we seek to strive for liberty and justice. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our Hear our prayer. Prayer. Hear our prayer. God. We pray for our community of kidnap
0: and all our leaders. Be with administrators, teachers, parents, and students, and give them all wisdom, understanding, strength, and endurance as we figure out what teaching and learning looks like in the era of COVID. Lord, in your mercy.
1: Prayer, prayer, prayer. Prayer, prayer. We pray for continued healing and growth in our work to eradicate the evil of racism in our country and our community. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
0: Bless your church with resiliency and strength to find
3: new opportunities for mission in this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
1: Be with those who are beginning college or heading off to college. Watch over this new beginning and be with parents in this transition as well, Lord in your mercy. God, we pray for our churchwide bishop Elizabeth Eaton and our synodical bishop Jake and our pastors Bill, Jonathan, and Paula. Lord in your mercy. Here, here. Bless all the families
4: of our congregation and worshiping community. Bring peace, wholeness, love and discipline, and reconciliation wherever it is needed. Lord, in your mercy.
1: Thank you for all those worshiping remotely in this time. Bring peace and connection through this worship service to comfort people in their loneliness and struggle. Lord, in your mercy.
0: These and all other things we offer to you, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
3: Amen. Amen. Amen.
4: The peace of the Lord be with you all. Now we get to share that peace with those in our home and our households, or just if you're by yourself, Just have a sense of God's embrace and his peace that is with you always. So now we enter into some community time and I want to thank you for worshiping with us again and then encourage you to use the connect card that's now going to be on your screen. There's a QR code that you can scan with your phone and then you can give us some information if you're newly worshiping with us, or if you have a prayer concern, um, feedback you want to give us. This is our way to stay connected with you. So we hope that you'll use that Connect card, and of course you can access it through our website, SilverdaleLutheran.org/slash-connect-card. So if you don't have a phone, you can access it that way. Um, Lots is going on Um, in our website. There's a beacon um, link where you can get information about what's going on in our ministry in this COVID time. So please stay connected that way. And with that, we now continue with our offering. Let us pray. God, our creator, you open wide your hand and satisfy the desire of every living creature. With these gifts, we bless you for your tender nurture and care. Help us to delight in your will and walk in your ways through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave And by his glorious resurrection, open to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth, and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. The gifts of God are ready for the people of God. body and blood of our Lord and Savior strengthen you and keep you in God's grace and peace. Amen. Let us pray. God of abundance with this bread and life and cup of salvation, you've united us with Christ, making us one with all your people. Now send us forth in the power of your spirit that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Be sent forth this day with God's blessing. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ fill you with every spiritual blessing. Amen. May the God of faithfulness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ. Amen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
3: We'll be